Hello podcast listeners and welcome to the 11th of September 2019 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Today our storytellers will be going up on stage to tell their stories for the September live show, which has the theme flipped. Some will have been on our stage before, others will be going up in front of the microphone for the first time. Telling stories on stage is nerve-wracking, but also very rewarding. We often say that storytelling is not therapy, but it is therapeutic. Today, as we're wandering the streets of Hong Kong, we'll be listening to a story from Jace about a time when things were really not okay. After Jace, we'll hear a poem written and performed by Rachel Wan at the Hong Kong Spoken Word Festival in May 2019 in a show with Peel Street Poetry and Spill Stories titled Spring Cleaning. Before we get to the stories, though, a huge heartfelt thank you goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We know you have a lot on your minds lately, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our stories. Big hellos go out to our listeners overseas as well. Today we're saying hi especially to listeners in Falls Church, Virginia in the USA, Rumpegni in Canada, and Paris, France. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. October is a busy month for us storytellers. We have our regular show on Wednesday the 23rd, which will have the theme Unearthed. And we have the Student Story Slam on the 26th, where students aged 11 to 18 are invited to write and perform their stories on stage. If you want to find out more about either of these events or any of the other cool stuff we do, go to hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with a story from the April show with the theme Transitions, here is Jace. Third of March, 2018. I woke up to a beautiful Saturday morning and there was a light flashing on my phone. I've got a message from a stranger in Yangon. She called herself Kaday. I'm the girlfriend of your boyfriend, she said. I look at the profile picture. Oh, yes, that's Howard. A boyfriend of mine for over 20 years. His arm around her shoulder, they were clinging towards each other, standing by the beach. Hmm, what else should I know? I asked the stranger. Well, you must know, I am his girlfriend, but you are his girlfriend as well. Well, he has many other girlfriends. I still vividly remember the Christmas I spent with Howard's family in Brighton, back in 1997. A man who was raised in such a warm, loving, educated family can't go too wrong. By the way, both his parents were teachers. You have to believe me. I've got the evidence on his phone. Messages, photos with all these women, I'll send them to you. I look at the face of this woman... Big round eyes, long legs, long dark hair, exactly Howard's type. Well, she looks more like his daughter because she's so, so young. 
So I should not be too shocked. After all, a relationship of seven years in the same city, followed by 16 years living in different countries, is already a miracle. And miracles do not last. But still, I think it is fair to call him and see what he would like to say. And so I WhatsApped him. He blocked me. I opened Skype. He blocked me. So that's it. It's true. He's gone. Weeks went by. I tried to pretend to act normally during daytime. But at night, I could not sleep. To get myself out of this dysfunctional mode, I chose to go to Albania for a break. So I was waiting for my flight in the airport, and then another message from Miss Yangon. Now this time, a legal notice. According to this legal notice, Howard and Kaday had a huge fight over his women in his place one night. He hit her. He threw her out of his flat. And she was begging and banging all night outside. He ignored her. The next day, she went to his office in Mercure Hotel, confronting him with bruises on her arms and thighs. Under the witness of the hotel manager, Howard agreed to pay her some compensation money, a few thousand US dollars. But he's run away. He's gone now. Do you know where it is? She asked me. How would I know? You are his girlfriend now, not me. And I wished her good luck. I landed at Heathrow. I opened my phone. It rang. It is Howard, finally. He called to apologize. Hmm. Why did you block me? No, I did not block you. It's that psycho woman. She blocked you on all of my devices. Okay. Did you hit her then? No, I did not hit her. I manhandled her. She's a psycho, you see. She said if I leave her, she killed me. And she even said that if you come to Yangon to visit me, she will kill you too. According to Howard, after he agreed to pay this woman, he called his boss because that thing happened in the hotel office. And his boss advised him to pack your bags as soon as possible, just run for your life. And so he did. Why are you telling me all this now, Howard? Because you are my permanent companion. These women are just temporary. He was asking me to forgive him. Okay, if I have to forgive someone who had cheated on me, then at least I need to know since when and how, right? And that's why I embarked on the tormenting journey of fact-finding. I started to throw questions at him. And over six months, most of the time, what I've got was long silence, photos of our past journeys, even suggestions to ask me what would I like to have for my birthday. Stop distracting me. Answer my question first. He stammered. 
At first, he told me, I do not sleep around. Kaday was something like once in a blue moon. And then somehow he started to tell me about hiring some women for comfort over his father's death. His father died before he met Kaday. And then he said, well, when I moved to Yangon, I began to feel sad, old, lonely, and I, I met some happy girlfriend girls in Yangon. He moved to Yangon years before his father died. Well, have you ever called yourself Steve? I asked Harwood. At that point of time, he was stuck. Because now he knew I have already read the messages between him and those ladies of the night, years before he moved to Yangon. In those messages, he called himself Steve. I spent six months to get this final answer. Since the beginning, he told me. The beginning was summer 1995. We started to see each other. But before that, he was already shopping around for quick fixes in Asia. He admitted that once he moved from the UK to Asia in 1992, he began to pick up this indulgent activity. In his own words, it was a novelty experience. I think that's it. Now I have unveiled a big fat lie for over 23 years. I have to put it to an end. Two months later, I was told that I've got cancer. I have no family history. I lead a happy, healthy, disciplined life. All my previous medical reports annually were fine. So why me? Anything special happened to you in the last 12 months, my doctor reminded me. Oh, yes, of course. Ever since I heard from Miss Yangon, my heart was racing all the time. My blood pressure touching the red line. I lost weight. I could not put it back. Worst of all, I just could not cry. Now, the only thing that I didn't know was that there's something called cortisol hormone in my body. It is a kind of stress hormone. And it is a result of shock, fear, grief, suppressed anger being built by one lie after another. This hormone triggers cancer. 3rd of March 2019, it was the first anniversary since I knew this scandal of Howard. And this is also the end of my three-month sick leave. Looking back, I've learned a few things in my life. I've learned that I've been a fool for almost half of my lifetime. I learned a new euphemism of sleeping around. Above all, I've come to realize that lies by someone I love can break me.
but the suppressed anger inside my body almost killed me. Thank you. We have all had times when we had the scales fall from our eyes. Hopefully, you haven't experienced as much trauma as Jace, but we're pleased that she's recovering, and we're grateful she chose to share her story with us. You can share your story with us as well. The first step is coming to a workshop. We hold free weekly workshops in Hong Kong for you to come and tell your story and get some feedback on telling it more effectively. Find all the answers about how and why at hongkongstories.com. Now we have a poem from the Hong Kong Spoken Word Festival in May 2019 in a show with Peel Street Poetry and Spill Stories titled Spring Cleaning. This is Rachel Wan. It's called Dear Mother Gaio. Dear Mother Gaio, this is a postcard from Somewhere Beautiful. A post a photographic still of your youth featuring your jagged mountain ranges capped with turquoise glacial ice that has lasted centuries. This is a postcard from Somewhere Beautiful, a post photographic still of your youth before they diagnose your terminal illness, a time when you could still feel the soft wind on your pink cheeks. I'm sorry if we children no longer spark joy even after centuries of watching over us, caressing us under starry nightlights, stopping fights from brother to sister. I'm sorry if we have hurt you. I'm sorry if we have disrespected your sacred body. We have left you with the remnants of our garbage, our unwanted hoodies from exes, broken cups from drunken house parties, trash that has patched polluting waters, suffocating streams within the glossy picture postcard I've scribbled all over in black sharpie. Oh, how angry you must be, how disappointed when you see our pathetic attempts at resuscitating solace extinction, watching wildlife fade into ashes at the snap of a finger, hearing your sapling scream in agony as we slash and burn their palms, feeling your tears roll down the alpines to the valleys, feeling us fondle the poster of your youth away from your being, crying, melting waterfalls from the hollow cirques of your dying eyes. Soon, we shall have no more icebergs to teach your children about the titanic albatross Canadian once they all melt away and become part of your sea of tears. One day, life from your core will flicker and fade with our atmosphere when you take your last breath and die out into the universe. I am afraid all the metal straws I use and hoard will not be enough to suck out the excuses of old angry white men who reject the concept of climate change, old angry white men who refuse to listen to the sounds of your death rattle. One day, I fear that I will leave you before your time is due and be too dead to continue fighting for your poetic justice. I fear my lungs will become remnants of black ashes and glacial till, skin too sunburned to recover, tongue led with poison from tainted water. After all you have survived, I'm sorry that this is how it seems things will end. I'm sorry for the assault all over your blue-green body caused by the greed of man for the betterment of a future at the cost of yours. I'm sorry for all the postcards I've written to those in the world and clothes with my pleading voice has been stamped out by the boots of industrial giants. Someday, I hope something beautiful happens to you, even if it means a world without us, a world without the damage and destruction from your children, without the brutal assault on your motherly body. I hope one day mankind's blinded eyes will be filled with the colors of your beauty before it's too late, before time runs out and all your bones break. 
One day, I hope change comes for you and my wishes are fulfilled before you become another lost valley in the howling wind. Sincerely, a daughter who is losing the fight for climate change. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>